This morning, um, we're, we're looking uh, at the church as the bride of Christ. And, and I think while I might sometimes see myself as a modern metrosexual man, whatever that means, I have to say that the image of Christ, uh, the image of the bride of Christ, me being the bride of Christ or part of the bride of Christ, is one that I find uh, perhaps least comfortable with and more challenging to relate to. And, and, and maybe it's because of this. But that's the image that comes to mind when I think of the bride. Um, and uh, if you know me at all, you know that fashion isn't quite my thing. Um, Ro knows that whenever I go shopping, clothes shopping, I kind of can last about maybe three minutes, four minutes in a good, if it's a good day, and then I just completely lose the will to live. And, and I think, you know, the idea, if you're just looking for one item of clothing, the idea of trying on more than one just, just doesn't make sense to me. You're just looking for one, so just, well, don't even need to try it on. Try it on at home. I remember one, one office I worked in, um, it was predominantly female, and all the talk was of soft furnishings. And once I'd kind of worked out what soft furnishings actually were... I realized it wasn't really a conversation I could contribute anything to or I had much interest in contributing anything to as well. So I have to say, when, when we were thinking of all the different topics, this was the one I was hoping not to get. Um, but anyway, um, it's, it's been really, really interesting just looking into um, the, the image of Christ um, uh, or, or of, of the church as the bride of Christ and I, I, let me say two things. I think first, isn't it so good that God uses so many different images to communicate with us? Isn't that good? You know, we're a diverse set of people. We relate to different things, and he's gracious like that. God isn't all logic with no poetry. He isn't all male with no female. He isn't all mystery with no tangible reality. He isn't all practical with no beauty. And secondly, I think the image of the church as a bride isn't about dresses, as we'll see. And it's a really important image for us as a church. And actually, it's about a, a, a corporate image. It's about we together, not even just as Three Counties Church, but as the church throughout the world, throughout the ages, are the bride of Christ. So this morning, I'm not going to go through the whole passage verse by verse. I think you'll be glad uh, to hear um, it's titled in the Northern Ireland version, Instructions to Christian Households, but I think the passage is a lot more than that. It's about how to live a life of love. Ephesians 5 uh, verses 1 and 2 starts off talking about that, follow God's example and live a life of love. If you've got an older NIV, actually, the title is Wives and Husbands, and it starts at verse 22. And I think some might have used these verses out of context um, for really discrimination, sexual discrimination. Verse 24 does say wives should submit to their husbands in everything. So Rowett actually says that. Um, but I want to come with that <laughs> briefly as a husband because um, first, verse 21, that's the immediate context, and that says submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. So the context is actually mutual submission right across the body of Christ, mutual respect. And then I think, actually, in this passage, husbands get the raw deal, I, I think. Maybe I'm biased. But husbands are to love the church. Sorry, husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And how did Christ love the church, guys? You know, did he just watch that girly movie on a Friday night the whole way through without complaining? LAUGHTER 
without taking the mick. No, he went beyond that. He gave himself up for her. He loved her immensely, completely, sufficiently. He left heaven and came down to earth and took on flesh for her. He lived a life and example for her. He went to the cross, paid the price for her sins. I love challenges, but Roe, the bar is set pretty crazy high on that one, to love you like Christ loved the church. So, I think husbands sometimes get the raw deal. Um, And actually, this passage is more about Christ and the church rather than wives and husbands. Did you you notice Paul's adult joke? No children in the room. Um, Verse 31, he quotes Genesis 2, verse 24. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And then he says, this is a profound mystery. And I think way back in the culture, you know, um, from my limited understanding of ancient history, you know, sexual union is linked with wonder and sacredness and mystery. So that's what his readers think he's talking about. But then he comes in with a punchline. He's not talking about sex. He says, this, I'm talking about Christ and the church. That's the profound mystery, Christ's relationship with the church. And actually, if we look through the whole of Ephesians with the lens of Christ's relationship with his church, we see some interesting things. So Ephesians chapter 2, we've got the image of the building, and that's about Christ's presence in the church. Verse 21, 22, in him the whole building is joined together, rises to become a holy temple in the Lord, and you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That's Christ's presence in the church. Ephesians 4, the image is the body, and Graham talked about that, um, and that's about Christ's work through the church. Verse 16 of Ephesians 4, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So that's all about Christ's work through the church. And the image we have here in Ephesians 5, the bride, is all about Christ's love for the church. Verse 25, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So that's what I want to do this morning, just in the next few minutes, is explore Christ's love for his church through the lens of this image of the church as Christ's bride. And actually, more importantly, perhaps, Christ as the bridegroom. And this image is not altogether new uh, for Jewish readers. Um, uh, they, they would have remembered back to the letter of Isaiah, um, or the, 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 the prophet Isaiah, about 700 BC. Isaiah 62 verse 5 says this, As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. So they, they're way back 700 years before um, Jesus arrived on earth. We've got the picture of God as the bridegroom rejoicing over Israel, his people. So the, the picture of his church um, as his bride. And it's a picture of great love and great joy. If we jump forward 70 years to Jeremiah, things are quite different. Um, 
God's people have been compromising in serious ways, and God is devastated. Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 2 says, Go proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. But Israel then forsook God. Verse 11 says, But my people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols. Their glory is a, 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 a picture of God. They've exchanged God for following worthless idols. Verse 13 says, My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, the one who can truly satisfy them, and they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And God is obviously devastated by this. If we skip forward to chapter 3, Jeremiah talks about Israel's unfaithfulness, but God's mercy and his love. And verse 14 says, return, faithless people, declares the Lord, for I am your husband. God's love for his people, his bride, was so great that he was prepared to forgive their unfaithfulness and restore them back into relationship with him again as their husband. Just imagine that in the context of unfaithfulness in a marriage relationship today. And actually, I'm going to look at the book of Hosea. And, and maybe before I do that, I should say what the Blue Peter people used to say years ago, you know, before doing their crazy stunts. Viewers, don't try this at home. Because in Hosea, God asked Hosea to do something pretty crazy, something outrageous. When the Lord began to speak to Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblam, and she conceived and bore him a son. You see, God didn't just want Hosea to go and preach a dry sermon to his people. He actually wanted Hosea to experience the, the rejection the heartbreak, the gut-wrenching devastation that Israel's unfaithfulness was having on him. So he marries Gomer, she has a son, she then has a daughter and another son, and then she leaves Hosea and is unfaithful to him, so much so that she ends up selling herself as a slave prostitute. And after experiencing Gomer's unfaithfulness, then God says to Hosea, that he wants him to go and demonstrate his unfailing love and his redeeming mercy. So Hosea has to go and show love to Gomer. He, he goes and finds her. He seeks her out. He actually buys her back for 15 shekels of silver and a whole load of barley. And then instead of preaching a message just about the bridegroom God, Hosea's life story cries out to Israel of God's love and mercy, even in the midst of our brokenness, our rebellion, our rejection of him. That's not one to try at home, but, but what a demonstration of God's love. What a picture of how he relates to us. God is the bridegroom God, and his people, the church, we are his bride. His relationship with us isn't just a political thing or is a, a duty thing, as in the ancient world sometimes marriage could be. You, you saw in that picture 
um, painted in, in Jeremiah. You know, it's, it's, it's a young man delighting over his bride. It's a matter of the heart. It's not just a duty thing. Ephesians 5 talks about God feeding and caring for us, his bride, loving us and giving himself for us. And there's one more thing I want to just draw out of this image of a bridegroom. You see, you don't go to marriage, uh, the marriage altar, on a whim. You don't do marriage a bit. You don't just sort of get married. You're either all in or you're not. I remember before I got married, just spending some time thinking about it, you know, am I really all in with Roe? Am I going to spend the rest of my life with her? Is this what God wants? It's, it's a complete commitment. And God's commitment to us as his bride is also complete. He is all in with us. He's committed to us through thick and thin. And the marriage relationship we have is actually meant to be a sign of that to the world and to us, a picture of God's love for us. And it started way back in the Garden of Eden when God made us in his image with the capacity to relate to God. We've been talking about that quite a bit through this series, and identity. We're made in God's image with that capacity uh, to relate to him. He wanted a relationship with us from the beginning. Revelation 3, verse 20 um, highlights that. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So uh, where are we at? God is the bridegroom God. He loves us immensely and intensely. He delights in us. He's committed to us. His heart breaks when we are unfaithful. But in his mercy... He goes out, searches us out, and buys us back and shows love to us and forgives us. We, as the church, are God's bride. We're cleansed and made holy, and we can relax in God's unconditional love. And from this place of acceptance, we can love him back. So how do we apply this image of the bride of Christ to our lives. As I thought about it and prayed about it, there's just two distinct applications I wanted to highlight. And first, think about the purity and beauty of the bride, the church. And I want you to notice how she became pure and holy. You see, it wasn't her own doing. Unlike Sarah, she didn't scrub herself up and put on the best dress and all the rest of it. It wasn't because of her own effort and striving. Um, Ephesians 5, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or blemish, but holy and blameless. It's Christ that does the doing. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't feel pure or holy without stain or wrinkle or other blemish. It might be things I've said or things I've done, things I've thought, things I've not done. I don't feel like the pure bride. But you don't have to strive. That's the good news of the gospel. It doesn't matter if we don't think we're holy enough or pure enough. It's not our job to get us there. 
it's okay if you think I've tried to be holy and pure, but I ha- it, it hasn't worked. I can't do it. Because we just need to receive that from Jesus. He did it all for us on the cross. We just need to believe it and receive it from him as a gift. That's wonderful news. Does that mean that sin doesn't matter? You know, we can just do what we want? I don't think so. Galatians 5 says it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then. Don't let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. God's given us those commands for a reason because they represent freedom for us. But you see, we don't need to earn our purity. In gratitude for what Jesus has done, we seek to follow his example. Ephesians 5 1 and 2 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So he's done it first. He loved us first. He gave himself up for us first. And in gratitude, we can then um, love So that's the first thing. We don't strive to be pure. We receive it, and out of gratitude, we follow Jesus' example. The second thing is this. Jesus loves his church, the bride. Do you? Do you have a love for the church at large, the church globally? Do you have a love for this local expression of church in three counties? Do you demonstrate your love to the church we often talk about the five love languages. Have you heard of the five love languages? Yeah? Um, we've got acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, receiving gifts. We often talk about this in relationships. In fact, I think when Ru and I went through marriage counseling, or, or marriage preparation, sorry, with Jack and Alice, uh, we, we, we went through these things. Um, I wonder if we can apply that to our love for the church quality time? Do you spend time with the church? And actually, we're often a society where people were, we're often time poor. That's, that's a sacrifice. That's an investment. And I'm not just talking about Sundays. That's important. Hebrews 10 talks about not giving up meeting together, um, but also one-on-one, actually connecting with people, catching up with them, inviting them over. Do we spend time with the church? Acts of service, do you help the church out? Again, not just teams here. They're really important We'd be so much poorer if it was, wasn't for the coffee team, you know, uh, making coffee and doing that and all the different teams. You know, that's, that is really important. But actually, acts of service when you notice somebody in need and you reach out. And it's great to hear so many stories of that. But, but a challenge, challenge to me, actually, am I open to that physical touch when somebody needs a hug, when somebody needs comforting, are you available? Gifts. Do you give financially to this church and to the wider church? And words of affirmation. When you speak of this church, is it as Christ speaks of it? Do you encourage people in the church? Do you go out of your way to speak words of affirmation, to prophetically speak over them as Christ would? So we love Christ the bridegroom, and he loves the church. So we also should love the church and look after her. I wonder maybe Ali and uh, the band could come up. Um, I wonder if there's some people here this morning who actually maybe you need to receive God's love for the first time. You've never actually received that gift 
of forgiveness. And Jesus wants you to wants to welcome you this morning into his bride, into his church. Um, and if that's you, please come and speak to me or speak to somebody you know and trust. We'd love to pray with you um, and just point you to receiving that gift of forgiveness from him. And, and some of you might be challenged just by that image of the bride. And, and maybe you know you've been unfaithful to Jesus, maybe in words or in actions, maybe just ignoring him. And this morning, you just need to receive God's restoration because he's the one who can make you pure and spotless. And maybe just as we finish with this song of worship, that's a be an opportunity for you just to confess what you need to confess and receive his forgiveness, his restoration, and his love. And I think some of you might be being challenged to press in to love the church as Christ loved her, you know, particularly with the, the word earlier just about our young people actually pressing into showing, showing love uh, to the young people um, to serve us there. Can I maybe encourage you, you know, you might just want to write down if God's saying something specifically to you, maybe something you need to pray about, maybe something you need to do, write it down or share it with somebody. Um, Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you just for, for your love for us. We thank you for choosing that image, that really intimate, personal image of us as the church being your bride. And Lord, this morning we want to receive all you have for us. We want to receive your love, receive your forgiveness, receive, receive everything you have for us. Come now and have your way. Holy Spirit, come. Amen.